I'm here today with uh, Daniel Jolie, um, professor from the Centre for Research and Ethnic Relations. Uh, professor Jolie has uh, just been working on a research project um, looking at the experience of Muslims in prison, both in the UK and France. Danielle, um, obviously, you sort of you, the research project you were looking at was looking at prisons. Was there a particular reason for focusing on prisons? In the first place, I had done a great deal of research on Muslims in British society and in French society. What was interesting was an examination of the interface between the state and Muslims. I discussed with my colleague Jim Beckford, who had just finished a book on chaplaincy in prisons, and we decided to launch a project together because the prison site offered us a kind of microcosm whereby we could examine in a closed environment the interface between the state and Muslims and how the state, i.e. the prison service, categorized Muslims on the basis of their ethnicity, their race, their religion, how it made provisions for them, how it displayed discrimination against them, but also how Muslims themselves organized and mobilized and what kind of claims they would put forward and whether those claims and group identification would reveal identification as ethnic groups on the basis of their religion Mm. or any other basis. Through the work, I mean, you identified some quite fundamental differences between the experience in France uh, and in in Britain. Can you just sort of outline sort of some of the differences that you you found? In order to summarise it in a couple of sentences, in the British setting, the prison service is the one institution which demonstrates the most advanced institutionalization of Islam in terms of provisions made for Muslim inmates, in terms of recognition and acknowledgement, in terms of the appointment of imams in prisons, Mm -hmm. who are generic imams who have a permanent post. Whereas in French society, in the prison service, what you find is an even further exacerbation of the issues that Muslims have to face in French society, whereby the prison service does not acknowledge their religious needs, does not make provisions for them, displays also racism, though we found racism in the British uh, prison service as well. But in Britain, you find that you have tools which were elaborated throughout the 70s and 80s, institutional policy and legislative tools to challenge racism and discrimination, whereas in in French society you do not have those tools at your disposal. So those are the two main fundamental differences. Do you think the experience that the the kind of British institutions have in terms of dealing with Muslim prisoners is distinctly different, that the the historical um, issues around race relations in the UK have um, enabled a more effective response to handling um, the concerns of Muslims within prisons? It goes back a long way because the prison is not isolated from the rest of society. Mm. And what has happened in Britain is that Muslims who, in their majority, came from the new Commonwealth on their arrival in Britain had British citizenship, the right to vote, the right to be elected, the right to be juries, etc., as all other British citizens. And that gave them a political clout which French immigrants after the Second World War didn't have because they didn't enjoy the same political rights. And this alliance of 
new Commonwealth immigrants, together with Labour Party and other movements on the left, enabled them to push through anti-discrimination legislation, which was enacted and culminated into the 1976 Race Relations Act, but were really implemented thoroughly and properly later on mm -hmm. after riots rampaged through all the main British cities. And that formulated a multicultural policy which also finds its tenets through the whole structure of British society, which is a society, a United Kingdom, a community of communities, where religion has occupied the public space because there is no separation of the state and, and the church. And within the prison, this is epitomized, but also taken further in the British prison service, number one, because religion plays a very important part in the prison service, and the chaplain is one mm. of three main posts that are officially stipulated in the statutes, and therefore religion plays a part and is recognized and incorporated in the prison service in Britain, which it doesn't in France. And, and secondly, because the prison service is the first one to have added religion as a criteria of discrimination added to all the other criteria such as ethnicity and race which you can find in the Race Relations Act. In the mm. Race Relations Act you do not find religion. But the British Prison Service has incorporated it in its policy which means that whenever uh, policies were enacted to do with discrimination it compelled the prison service to take on religious discrimination alongside all the other ones. Mm. And that's why, one reason why the institutionalization of Islam has been pushed, m taken much further in the prison service than in other institutions in British society. Yeah. However, in France, because you have a separation of the state and the church, because you have a Jacobinist ideology of the Republic being one and indivisible, there is no recognition of any minority group identities, mm. whether they be regional, linguistic, ethnic, religious. And the laicity, which means the separation of the state uh, and the new, it has several meanings, but let's adopt the one which is the neutrality of the state with vis-a-vis -vis religion, based on the separation of the state and the church, which was the law, according to the law of 1905, means that religion is taken not to have any space made available in the public uh, sector. Mm. So that the way it's interpreted in prison is that religion, the prison being part of public institutions, shouldn't make a space for religion. But however, however, it is statutory to make available a aumônier, which means a chaplain, mm -hmm. in French prisons. But they do not make imams available, or it's very exceptional if they do. It's one of the things you draw out in the book, actually, I thought was, that was quite striking, was that... Um, whilst there is this whilst the, the official policy of laissez-faire exists that there does appear to be a lot of sort of gray areas around support for um the sort of christian church um and the jewish faith um within the prison system did you find that that there, there was this kind of this uh, not i'm not going to say hypocrisy is too strong a word perhaps but the, these kind of gray areas were making the situation for muslims worse i feel laicity is being instrumentalized against islam for instance one find kosher food in the canteen in French prisons. Mm. One doesn't find halal food in the canteen. So it's a very clear case of discrimination. And this will enrage Muslim inmates furthermore because they feel that they are 
discriminated against. They feel that they're not entitled to the same rights as other inmates might be. And it exacerbates the situation. Uh, another interesting result is that French prisons have held, much before Britain, radical Islamists, namely after bombs were planted in the French underground mm -hmm. in the 90s, in the mid-90s. So there are a number of, of Islamists who are well-versed in Islam and are radical in French prisons. And they are located in the same prisons as other inmates who might be petty criminals, delinquents, or whatever. And what happens is because there is no guidance about Islam being offered by imams who are part of the prison service, or so insufficient, the offer is so insufficient, that a lot of young people who are very frustrated by their socioeconomic condition in, in wider society, by their lack of social mobility opportunities, uh, failure at school, unemployment, from which they suffer very greatly, then these young people who may seek guidance or support or dignity or some sort of meaning in their life through Islam will turn to radical Islamists who are the only ones able to teach them. And this is a very, the French call it a perverse effect, but we call it an unintended effect of the French policy in that it spreads the kind of Islam that it's particularly scared of, mm. which is quite extraordinary. Obviously, sort of in the last couple of weeks, we, we've seen some of those frustrations played out on the streets of Paris. Um, I think in the book you actually sort of say that French prisons reproduce and possibly amplify uh, the sense of exclusion and powerlessness that is so characteristic of young disaffected Muslims um, from the poor banlieue. Do you see that there's a direct connection between the kind of the, the the prison experience and the and the broader cultural experience of young Muslims within France? From the interviews that were held in French prisons, it's very clear that the discourse they they hold, inmates hold, reflect this frustration, reflect this anger. It's it's, it's not just frustration; it's it's a kind of rage, visceral rage against French society because the. They have suffered so much from very bad socioeconomic condition, from very high rate of, of unemployment, from living in areas which are derelict, which are the level of deprivation is indescribable. But more so than the socioeconomic disadvantage, I think what is even worse for those people is the ra what I call racial disadvantage racism and discrimination, which is thrown in their face constantly, which is recurrent throughout their life. There's even a phrase in French which is délit de faciès, which means guilty by your face. Mm. I think it's, it speaks enough without my elaborating on it. Those notions of identity um, and the kind of the, the, the relationship between sort of different ethnic groups and uh, the, the idea of being French or British, um, those are questions that are not unique to France. But France has seen a very unique response to those those issues. Is there a particular reason why you think that is, or whether a sort of anger that we've seen on the streets of Paris it, could equally appear on the streets of London or Birmingham? Well, this is a certainly a European phenomenon. It's not it's not specific to France or Paris. It's a European phenomenon that there's great frustration generally among children or grandchildren of immigrants because they have not been offered the opportunities that they feel they should be entitled to given that they were born and brought up in the nations that marginalize them to a large extent 
Um, however, regarding Britain, we have seen it. We have seen riots in the 80s, in 1980, 1981 and 1985, riots which I would analyse along the same lines as the riots in France at the moment. Uh, as I've explained, Britain has a number of tools, uh, like the 1976 Race Relations Act, but a number of other policy tools which I've tried to address some of those issues. It's not perfect and there are many shortcomings in the multicultural policy that Britain has tried to develop. Mm. However, France is 20 years behind and uh, you will find that similar frustrations are to be encountered in other European countries. Uh, Southern European countries are coming much later even because they are new countries of immigration, but in Holland, in Germany, um, I fear that this kind of event could happen too. In France, it has erupted because of a combination of circumstances at the moment. One is these 20 years of frustration, which I've described, but also uh, the current government, which has emphasized very much uh, immigration and security, law and order, police crackdown, uh, which, of course, creates a spark leading to setting fire to the prairie. It's quite understandable. France has an assimilationist policy, essentially, and, and mm. it's not anymore the zeitgeist, it's not anymore the order of the day. The face of our European society has changed, and every nation and every government has to acknowledge it. Now, the face of France has changed, like the face of Britain and the face of Germany and Holland and other European countries, not just as a result of immigration, but, but to a large extent as a result of the permanent settlement of people of different cultures of origin. Whereas in the past in France, immigrants, which are been, have been numerous, France is the first immigration country in Europe. One French person in four has a foreign grandparent. In the past, they have integrated into French society, become French, and all was forgotten about it, and they have pursued uh, path of social mobility. What has happened with this new wave of immigration is that a combination of circumstances, including economic recession, has prevented this development and racism has increased and augmented and discrimination as well but you also have an international an internationalization of the scenario and the phenomena which creates a new ethnicization a new zeitgeist of the recognition of difference the recognition of different ethnicities the recognition of different cultural identities which have to be accepted and it becomes politically incorrect if I may say now to refute them and and repress them and France will have to fall in line with this new these new data the French government I mean have announced now that the um, the disturbances are settling down and, and normality has resumed um, obviously they need to move forward from this point on do you think that there's a lot that the French government could learn from the British experience. Yes, I think that French society could learn from the British experience, can learn from, um, can learn lessons positively and negatively in the mm. sense that what was successful they could uh, draw lessons from in order to implement it and what was not successful draw lessons from in order not to implement it. But there is much that French society could learn indeed. Um, unfortunately, I don't feel that they are on the way to doing it. At the moment, uh, the French government, according to my reading, are more interested in preparing the election for 2007 than actually addressing the problem that they are facing. 
and the measures that they are proposed do not seem to lead to much remedying of the situation. It's worrying. The result of this treatment of the riot, not the riot themselves, but the way they've been treated by politicians and the media, in my view, has led to an exacerbation of racism in France, of anti-immigrant feelings in France, of more support for the right-wing views on these issues and even probably the extreme right-wing views on these issues, which have been become legitimated by mm. the debate at the moment. Is there a catch-22 situation here that in that if, if there's no action, then the situation gets worse, but that too much action seen in kind of redressing the balance may force other... Uh, ethnic groups or other sort of populations to feel that perhaps too much is being done uh, for Muslim groups? So in France it's, it's, it's a, little, a little bit more complex in the sense that you have Arabs or North Africans who are the vast majority of immigrants or children of immigrants. Mm. You also have Sub-Saharan Africans. And then you have the Muslim dimension the dimension that was most emphasized by the rioters was more the inverted comma racial dimension more than the Muslim dimension. In fact, practicing Muslims have not taken part in the riots. So you have these two dimensions, both of which are not recognized by or acknowledged by the French government. If any action is taken, action has to make sure that it addresses the needy among ethnic minority population, but also the needy among population of French origin mm. alongside. Otherwise, it may create a backlash of relative frustration. So they have to be particularly careful in addressing the needs, which are vast at the moment, given the situation of unemployment in France, which is very high. So I feel that there is a possibility, as you what you call too much action. It's more what kind of action. That would be the right question to ask. What kind of action is to be taken? Not much action is taken, and all I can predict is that more riots will take plain, place in a, few, in a few years' time, as they did in Britain, until perhaps somebody sees the light. From what I understand is that there is the dawn of a consciousness raising, you could call it, among some intellectuals and among some of the more, of the better quality media, in realizing that perhaps speaking about discrimination is something that is needed, perhaps speaking about the recognition of difference is something that is needed. Uh, the president in his speech made a reference to discrimination and made a reference to diversity. However, he has not proposed any instrument to pursue these policies, but I'm hoping that out of this upsurge in the French banlieue will arise a kind of better consciousness of the issues at stake mm -hmm. in French I mean, society. One of the things that you, you, you draw out in, in the research is that um, the kind of the organisation of, of British Muslims and, and British ethnic groups is much stronger than it is in France and that the, the kind of those, those representational bodies have much greater um, prominence in the UK um, than, than in France. Um, do you think there's a, there, there is a requirement f for greater representation and, more, and a better organisation of different interest groups within the French system? Very much so. Um, there are complex reasons which explain why it's different in France and Britain. 
starting with the colonial regimes, which were very different in the way they governed their colonies. And, but what is certain is that promoting representation and associations and community organizations in France would help. Uh, this is where the government has a problem, because at the moment they do not want to promote them. Now what, what has been done in France has been the promotion, however, of not ethnic, but Muslim representation at the national level. And bringing together all the different major Muslim associations into something called the Conseil uh, Francais du Culte Musulman, which would then represent an interlocutor for the French government. And the French government, which in a kind of bipartisan policy, which is very interesting, has promoted the creation of this new body. One of the failings is similar to one of the failings in Britain, is that I'm not certain that it represents young people of the second or third generation. Thank you. That was uh, Daniel Jolly from the Centre for Research and Ethnic Relations. Thank you very much for this interview and thank you on behalf of my colleagues who contributed to the book and we carried out the research together. It's uh, Jim Beckford and Farad Kosrokeva.